Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Sunday, the 27th of November. We I don't know why we're excited. Well, because it's not going to rain, I suppose. That's the exciting thing. Uh, One Direction will definitely return, says Niall. Oh, please don't. Please don't. He says it's inevitable. Oh, please, please don't. Uh, Fish fingers are finally getting bigger for adults because for years you've been complaining about small fish fingers, which are great for children. But for adults, it's taking the mickey. Mind you, any bigger than a fish finger, it'd be a piece of fish, wouldn't it? I would have thought. Uh, Britain's biggest cinema chain is to open on Christmas Day. People in the church are up in arms. Oh, it's disgraceful. Absolutely outrageous. Do you think, why? Why? We're not this Christian country we used to think we were. Not everybody wants to go to church. Some people want to go to the cinema and they want to go on Christmas Day. Why can't they? It's ridiculous, but they will. Gaza's girl, Bianca, for Big Brother Blockbuster. She runs a strip club at the moment. Real class act. Uh, Danielle Armstrong quits TOWIE, thank God. Megan McKenna's planning a pop career. Please don't. And troubled Rocco Ritchie takes a dig at mum Madonna, basically saying that he didn't want to live with her uh, anyway. And uh, then he got tweeted by sort of Madonna fans and he just literally blanked them one after the other after the other. Uh, Over on the sun, it's Princess, Princess Beatrice, who's three years old. Oh, no, sorry, she's a bit older than that. She could be four and a half. So there she was, messing around at a party at Daddy's place in Windsor. And Ed Sheeran was there and James Blunt. And it was a party prank. But we all know how thick Beatrice is, don't we? Beatrice, the lazy one in the family, together with father, mother and sister. And this time she was pretending to knight James Blunt. How old is she? 28, apparently, and still with the mental ability of a caterpillar. Seriously, you're attempting to knight James Blunt. Obviously thinking, I mean, did she put on the funny voice as well? Have you heard her speak? It's hilarious, really. You'd never know it was an education. And, uh, I knight you, didn't And then she cuts Ed Sheeran, who, who gets a, I mean, any, literally another inch. And it could have gone in his eye. He could have been blinded. I mean, the woman's quite clearly too stupid for words. But there again, as I say, it obviously runs in the family. A little bit worrying, a little bit worrying. It's a little bit worrying that she's still not working. I'm so desperate to find a job for her, but I, I can't think of anything that would be within her capabilities. Perhaps she could flip burgers at McDonald's or something like that. So, yeah, they have very sharp. They can't go anywhere near sharp things. OK, where, where could she go? Oh, she could work in an office. No, they've got sharpies, so they'd be sharp. And uh, what else could she do? I mean, so, I mean, she's quite clearly a buffoon of the First Order. Whereas Harry's a bit of a dipstick. Harry, the other day, got a bit... Uh, he was pimped sideways, if you remember. He goes over to have a kick around football with some, some nice foreign children, which he does very well. But we've seen pictures of Harry kicking a football around with foreign children before, and it's lovely, but it's not really like doing anything, is it? And, and then they managed to sideline him to get into a beauty competition where he had to sort of um, have pictures taken with these, with these girls. And it was nothing to do with his official... Entourage. It was nothing at all to do with anything being booked in. They just sidelined him. And he goes along. So obviously nobody in the entourage is looking after Harry at all. And you know you can't trust him by himself. You know that if there's girlies there and they say, oh, can we have some pictures taken? Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know. He thinks it's all all part of the gig, but it's not. Uh, You've managed to vote out Danny Baker from uh, from the jungle, mainly because he's a bully. I think that was one of the main reasons, although his wife, and to be honest with you, I've never seen a picture of his wife before, and I don't want to be rude, but I thought it was his mother. I seriously, I just sort of think he's sort of ageless, really. And, uh, but, it, but he gets kicked out, and he says, I'm not a bully, I just look out for people. No, you were bullying, Danny. I'm ever so sorry. That, that's called bullying. Whether or not you accept it or not, it's neither here nor there. But anyway, I think people decide, off you go. 
And I can't remember whether we voted for him. I didn't vote, because I don't do things like that at all. Uh, Ola Jordan uh, apparently is uh, standing under the shower yet again. Brilliant love. And the reason she has to go and stand under the shower is because people say, don't let her loose in the camp. She's too bland. In fact, now the critics have agreed with me, which is what I've been saying all the time, which is, for goodness sake, let's get some decent... Oh, not been blasted, thank God. Yeah. Uh, let's get some decent people in the jungle. The ones we've actually got at the moment are terribly terribly boring. If the best we're going to get is some old tart like Ola Jordan standing under the shower, and that's, that's called entertainment apparently nowadays in this country. Gone are the days of somebody sort of, you know, shuffling a pack of cards or showing you a card trick or juggling or doing something, not just sitting around on your ass moaning about this and that. That's why Danny was bullying. He might not accept he was bullying. His wife has come to his defence. I'm sorry, the rest of the country didn't quite see it like that which was a little bit of a worry. And um, so I've got to sign myself on again. Hold, hold fire. And, uh, and, what a, and then Ola Jordan stands under the shower. It's the only opportunity she gets to get a picture taken, but it's set up. So she stands under the shower with her hands on her head. Who stands under a shower unless you're a bimbo with their hands on their head? Nobody. No, she's just... A, it's that sort of... That sort of... I'm going to wash that man right out of my that's, that's all it is. What a, what a shallow, empty person she turns out to be. But, uh, a bit like the uh, husband, who I'm hoping is going to be the subject of a police investigation. And the reason is, he was on the front page of the papers, he said that had he been in the jungle with Martin Roberts, he'd have punched him in the face. What a nasty little piece of work he is. What a horrible, horrible piece of work. He says, if I was in camp, I'd probably want to smash his fate face in as he praises jungle warrior wife Ola. Ola the boar. Ola, the really tedious bore. And then you look at her poor husband. Poor soul, honestly. What a non-entity, ladies and gentlemen. Never mind, it's getting you some publicity. And thank God she's bringing money in, because you're not doing anything, are you, at the moment? Anyway, she did pack her six bikinis. Even Carol... Um, Carol... <clears throat> Carol... Anyway, one of the... Vorderman. No, not Carol Vorderman. The, the critic, Carol Malone, said, uh, after, after the husband, otherwise known as The Drip... Uh, was saying she's a really shy person. Mm. She took six bikinis. The one thing she ain't, matey, is shy. But apparently she pinched you from another girl. So you're, you're well deserved of each other. Two talentless people together. How lovely. What does he do? Nothing. He just talks about his dreary wife. We can hear him being vile. Should we hear him being vile? Do you want to hear it? Just, to, just in case people think I make these things up. Here he is. Martin's good TV. I think it brings another dynamic to the show, which I think is, is a good thing. If I was in the camp, I'd probably want to smash his face in, as uh, would say. And they thought that was funny. The people sitting around there, the non-entities, thought that was really funny, that somebody wanted to smash somebody's face in. Joe Swash thought that was funny. Joe Swash's girlfriend, they all laughed and sat there. I'm tempted to say a very rude word. Unfortunately, poor old uh, James Jordan is so desperate to get on anybody's programme, isn't he? He'll just come up with any old claptrap, clap and that was it. I love the way they, they thought that was funny. Somebody threatening violence against somebody. How about, you know, if he'd actually said, I'd like to take a knife and disembowel him? Would that be equally funny in the jungle? No, of course it wouldn't have been. It's awful. Yeah, the producer's just going to ram me off in, in his car. I ask you. I don't think so. I think, yeah, I'm going to ram you off the road and I'm going to make sure that you're decapitated. I'd be on the phone to the police immediately. And yet, James Jordan, who's a bit of a thicko anyway, I mean, him and his boring... I say, sh what they talk about at home, I can't imagine. I tell you what, darling, why don't you do another raunchy shoot? In fact, why don't you just do porn? Have done with it. Cut out the middleman. Saves time, you faffing around pretending you're somebody interesting. Which, of course, you're not. But, uh, but we laugh at them, don't we? You have to laugh at them. If you don't laugh at them, what, what are you going to do? You have to sit there and take it seriously. All she does, poor old Ola Jordan, because she hasn't got the gift of conversation, 
I mean, she really doesn't have anything. To, she's got nothing in common with anybody there. Absolutely nothing, which, which I find quite disturbing. I thought she'd have made an effort to try and engage with people, but she can't because she can't talk to them. What does she talk about? She's got nothing to talk about. Nothing to talk about at all. Uh, what else we got? Oh, uh, Fidel Castro, dead. To be honest with you, I thought he died years ago. I had no idea. Perhaps there's two of them. 638 bids to kill him. Shows how useless people were, doesn't it, really? The man who had 50 years of tyrannical rule brought the country to its knees. Poverty, executions, and Prince Harry. Prince Harry, ladies and gentlemen, gives him a minute's silence. Are you sure you're being advised over there, matey? Are you sure somebody's looking at... Um, do, do we... Fidel Castro? Do we, yeah, uh, world, world leader. Uh, minute silence, Harry. So Harry stands there doing a minute silence. <laughs> That's oh, truth, honestly. I don't know. Uh, Caned in Chelsea. It's a girl I've never heard of. And uh, they appear to have pictures of a girl called Olivia Bentley. Olivia Bentley, if these, if these pictures are genuine, is the most stupid person you've ever seen. Because here she is, in front of a group of strangers at a party, um, snorting cocaine, they say. Now, I don't know. I mean, I can't think of anything else that you would snort apart from cocaine. So she puts it on a, on a thing, she lines it up, and, um, and then she snorts cocaine, and then she perks up. Now, I'm, I'm not naive enough to think that people don't do cocaine in this day and age. Uh, one disgusted witness said she brazenly sat there doing drugs in front of a room full of people. She comes across as a bit of a goody two-shoe, so I couldn't believe it. Well, I mean, it might not be, mightn't it? I mean, it's her on the side of caution, shall we? Let's say... I can't think of anything else you want to shove up your nose. I mean, Alka-Seltzer? I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to think of something that would be white, powder. Could be talcum powder, but you wouldn't snort talcum powder up your nose, would you? But anyway, it was taken to a house party in Chelsea. Um, the scandal comes as it emerged. Made in Chelsea producers claims that she's related to the car maker W.O. Bentley are false. Well, of course, they link all these people to everybody. Of course, it's false. She's just another old tart from Chelsea who goes around. But um, they've been dogged by drug scandal that made in Chelsea uh, because they had uh, Spencer Matthews. He snorted cocaine and then he did something else. I mean, what a plank. Best show he can get is the ju- steroids, wasn't it? No, he's done for cocaine as well. And he did the steroids over in the jungle. That's where he was having hallucinations. He sort of he started imagining he was somebody important when he turns out not to be. And and so they then sort of take him off television. And I think probably the same could actually happen to this one here. She's been educated. Um, you know, she first appeared early this year. Um, it's ridiculous because producers claim that W.O. Bentley, founder of the luxury car firm, was her great-great-great-granddad, were denied by his descendants. So she'll now face a showdown. Is that you? Yes. Were you doing cocaine? I don't have any comment. They should take them off television. If it's, if it's proven that it's cocaine, off television immediately. Seriously, there should be no shadow of a doubt. If you're snorting cocaine at a party, whether it's privately or not, you're an idiot. You're a very, very stupid person. Your parents should be heartily ashamed, I should imagine, and embarrassed that that's our daughter doing cocaine. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that, dear. It really doesn't. Yeah, it makes me sound like some goody two-shoes, but only I can be a goody two-shoes because I don't do drugs. Well, I do the stuff that the chemists give me, you know, and I'm on loads of that, but I don't think that makes you in any way, shape or form high as a kite or whatever cocaine does to you. But no, people like that should be, should be kicked, kicked off completely. And uh, go back to where you came from, darling. Nowhere. Seriously, I mean, it's just, it's just absolutely ridiculous. We shouldn't be, um, you know, making these people into some sort of celebrities. She's not. She's an idiot. 
She's a complete and utter idiot. Uh, what else we got? Oh, we had um, uh, the guide dogs cab refuses. It's not the first time we've had these. That's why somebody turns up with a guide dog and the owner of the cab goes, you're not getting in it. You go, why? They go, I don't take dogs. You go, it's a guide dog. And, uh, and then it turns out, probably, that the cab driver has some religion which prevents them from being anywhere near dogs. Well, don't operate as a cab driver, then, because that's discrimination. And we can't have that, can we? Uh, what else do we have? Um, da, 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 da. Oh, Crew Alexandra. I mean, I was tempted to say this last week because... And the reason I, I mention it, and it, I was quite surprised when it came out in the papers, is that somebody had said to me, are you telling me that somebody who is training youths has not been vetted... Are you telling me that at a big club like Crew Alexandra, nobody vetted a paedophile who was teaching the boys? And quite a number of boys, by the sound of it, and he moved around a bit. And there was one boy who, uh, who, who came forward and said that he'd been abused. And they'd heard the rumours at Crew Alexandra. This is how crap they are at a football club. And they didn't do anything. The reason is they didn't think there was enough evidence. So he carried on, even though they knew that there was a rumour. They knew that they'd heard. The writing was on the wall. And then, of course, it came true when he was sent to prison. I think he's been in prison three times for similar offences. And Crew Alexandra did nothing. They're apparently having an investigation. Yeah, I'd like to know who it was. The whistle was blown by a former person who worked there, I think a director of the club or something like that, who sort of told one of the papers that, yes, they did know about that years ago. But because there wasn't enough evidence to do anything, they didn't do anything. So, of course, he carried on abusing children. Crew Alexandra got a lot to answer for. I want to know who made that decision. Who knew about it in the club? Or are they going to come forward and say, well, actually, of course, the people who were responsible for that died some years ago. That'll be the next answer, won't it, really? Isn't it disgraceful that a club like that can actually bury its head in the sand and go, um, we've heard a rumour that the bloke teaching the, uh, the little uns is interfering with them, but there isn't any evidence. Let's brush it under the carpet, shall we? I mean, really, really, Crew Alexandra, you might as well close yourselves down now because uh, that's not the club that any parent would want their children to go and support. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. On his meeting with Trump and the role he could play bridging the Atlantic. Don't miss Nigel Farage this morning from 10 on LBC. Don't forget, you can watch it on lbc.co.uk. So not only can you indulge in the listening process, but you can indulge in the visuals as well. Just going back to Princess Beatrice, I love the way that Arthur Edwards, who's a royal photographer, he thinks that this is an impetuous sense of humour. I'm obviously on the wrong wavelength, I think, from obviously Arthur Edwards. Of course, this isn't the first time, because if you remember, Sarah the Dimbo Ferguson did the same thing some years ago with a knife, when she knighted a dog. I know, she's a bit simple, really. And um, they say uh, Prince William recently knighted Rod Stewart. A Buckingham Palace spokesman declined to comment on the bee incident. <laughs> well, thank God he's still alive. Thank God he's still got the sight in both eyes. Arthur Edwards' answer was, as you look at the cut on his face, he says, I suppose James Blunt has been quite lucky, and if there's a scar, Ed Sheeran will be able to dine out on it for years. I suppose if he was blinded, that would have been just as good, wouldn't it? He can dine out on that. You know, I used to have sight in both eyes, but unfortunately, owing to an impetuous prank from Beatrice, I've now only got one eye. I mean, it was fairly close to it. If you look at the picture on the front of the uh, of the sun, I mean, imagine dining out on that. How exciting. I'll tell you what, Arthur, you know, how would you like if it happened to you? I hope her father has given her a full dressing down, but of course, as they're a bit of a wayward family, I shouldn't imagine he's uh, even remotely bothered by it. I wasn't particularly bothered either. 
that uh, punk memorabilia worth five million was set ablaze by Vivian Westwood's son yesterday. Joe Corey, whose dad is Malcolm McLaren, uh, torched records, clothing and other collectibles, along with effigies of politicians. A crowd, including Dame Vivian Westwood, watched from the bank in Chelsea, West London. Are you allowed to do that? You're just allowed to set fire to stuff on the Thames, are you? Oh, brilliant. Rich Kid Corey, 48, says it was a protest against the music scene's appropriation by the mainstream. They do talk claptrap, don't they, really? Him and Vivian Westwood, honestly, both barking mad at each other. So he sets fire to all this stuff. Think Vivian Westwood's got a load left? Bet she has. Five million. Where'd they get five million pounds from? They just had it appraised by Sotheby's or something like that. Probably worth about thruppence. It's not worth anything to anybody unless you want to collect that kind of stuff. And I bet you anything, Vivian Westwood's got loads of her stuff. Must have. Must have. Uh, What else we got here? Here's a lovely picture of Jessie Wallace. Honestly, last time I talked to Jessie Wallace, she came in with Shane Ritchie. And uh, they were both on really good form, actually. Both on really, really good form. But she's looking a bit like a bag lady here. It's not not the best look. I appreciate the fact we all get a bit older, but, you know, nothing you could do about it. Like looking at the picture of Danny Baker's wife. I seriously thought it was his mother. Seriously. I don't know what I was expecting. I was expecting something a bit glam. But there again, he's not particularly glam, is he? But uh, did we vote him out, then, from the programme? Well, that means the public hated him. The public hate it. If you get voted out first, oh, that's the worst. It's all right if you get voted out third or fourth. People kind of forget you, so we should be forgetting Ola Jordan in about five minutes with a bit of luck. But, uh, for, but for, for Danny Baker, not so good. Uh, tonight at nine o'clock on LBC, uh, in conversation, don't miss it please, Marcus Waring and Monty Don, I spoke to. And, uh, and they'll be on the programme. So that's nine o'clock and then you can download it as well. And at about 4.30, 20 to five this afternoon, I'll be turning on the lights in Twickenham. The official turn-on is about that time. I think we've got reindeer up on the green and camels as well. It's so exciting. We've never had camels or reindeer. And uh, so if you're passing, I think actually this year we we appear to have more lights than we've had before. I have a feeling we're going to turn them on and all of a sudden there's going to be a power cut. There's going to be a surge. It's going to be like National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. David Ginola says, um, I was dead for eight minutes... Can you be dead for eight minutes? How many minutes? How many minutes before your um, the oxygen to your brain leaves you brain damaged? I'd forgotten about him from ages, ages ago. Which is not so good, is it? Uh, if you're looking for a, a little career move and you've got two hundred and twenty-five thousand to spare, I found a brothel for sale. Just in case you were interested, some people like the idea of a brothel. This one's been closed down by the police, so I don't think you'll be getting much action. But it's for sale. It's two hundred and twenty-five thousand. Uh, Prince Harry's new love, Meghan had a rival as he told another woman he loved her. He was mobbed while visiting a village on the island of St Vincent. Uh, local Avis Collins, who's 54, stopped him and said, I love you. And Harry held her hand and said, love you. Is there something the matter with him or something? Perhaps he's not the full shilling. It emerged that he's on a £2.83 daily food ration while on board the Royal Navy's Wave night ship. A chef says he has exactly the same as we do. Yeah, until he gets home and then it changes a little bit. <laughs> they do talk rubbish, these people, don't they? And uh, how, is, um, how is Ed Ball still dancing? I really don't know. I mean, he's been called the people's champion. Yes, if you're slightly remedial and can't dance and have got two left feet. That would uh, that would make it. I love that. I love the fact that uh, Cheryl Spagbol, Tweedy, Knee Cole, Knee Useless, um, has changed her name on a website to just Cheryl, hoping to inject some sort of interest in a failed music career. Last single didn't do anything at all, and uh, and now she's said that she wants to uh, get out of uh, the limelight and go travelling across Europe. She's sick of all the press attention. 
So she's now told people what she's doing. She's not the brightest penny in the box, is she? We like sort of exposing idiots where they occur, and Cheryl is one of those people. Uh, The good news is, and you will delight with me, will you not, that Peter Sutcliffe has a jail buddy to read to him after he's lost his sight. Oh, what a shame. Oh, I'm so, so disappointed for you, Mr Sutcliffe. Not. Uh, So this bloke goes to Sutcliffe's cell twice a week to help him with correspondence from pals and supporters. What sort of stupid people would write to Peter Sutcliffe? People of limited intelligence. People who are really, really... He only murdered 13 women. So, uh, you know, they write to him. You do get these stupid people. And so he would then correspond with them. And uh, Sutcliffe has told friends he's simply totally blind. Thank God. How wonderful. Let's hope, uh, let's hope eventually, you know, you just keel over and die and do us all a favour. I don't want to spend any more money keeping you uh, in the style to which you should not become a customer. Uh, Melanie Sykes has an unexpected stop on the London Underground. Her travel card failed to open a ticket barrier. They now call her an ex-model. Oh, dear. Um, imagine. I thought she'd have a chauffeur and something like that, but obviously not. Obviously not. She um, she just couldn't get through. But that's happened, that's happened to me as well. I put my card on the barrier in London. It doesn't work out of London, but it only works out... The other day. Oh, yes, the other day. So I get to... What am I doing? Oh, that's right. That's right. I did uh, Joe Malone on Friday. Super interview. Super interview. Really, really clever lady. Very, very clever lady. And, uh, and also clever lady in so much as she was making stuff in the kitchen from the age of... From the age of seven, really. Seven years old in her mum's kitchen. And uh, she was making lotions and potions and stuff like that. She left school at 15, grew up on a council estate. She's certainly not, not privileged. Not privileged lifestyle in any way, shape or form. What she's got, she, she got through sheer hard work. Sheer hard work. And then she sold Jo Malone to Estee Lauder. After that, she then contracted breast cancer. I mean, it didn't get any worse, really. And so she didn't work for a number of years. And now she's back into it. I mean, she's been back in for a few years now with a, with a, sh- uh, with a shop called Joe Loves. And uh, she's restarted because she just couldn't stay away from the business. You know, it's nice having money. That gives you the security. But if your main raison d'etre is working, then that's what she wants to do. So I had a chat to her. And then I go back to the station afterwards. So I'm back at the station by about... Um, What time did I do the interview? I think the interview was quarter to ten. I was probably out of here by half past ten, probably eleven o'clock Waterloo Station. And I'm looking up at the board, and the station was deserted. No trains. No trains in the station. And I'm looking about, and I'm thinking, where are the trains? I look up at the board, and there was a problem. Apparently, uh, something had happened. A train had broken down somewhere along the way. And I thought, oh, God, I'm going to be here for ages. Perhaps I'll have to get the underground. So I didn't, because all of a sudden, trains started arriving in. Which I thought was great. So I looked for the train, da 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 da, Winter and Eaton Riverside. Now, Winter and Eaton Riverside goes on, and th- this was a train that didn't leave for about 40 minutes after it was scheduled to come in and go out again. And so I get on the train, and I'm sitting there thinking, this is good, I'll be home in plenty of time. I've got quite a few things to do. I had to go and get a haircut, which I didn't get round to for yesterday. I had to go and get some Prosecco, I had to do some bits and pieces and uh, find my accountant's address, which I've cleverly lost again. Anyway, so I'm sitting on the train, and the guard comes on and says something which I can't understand. I really can't understand what on earth she's saying. It's a very, very thick accent, which doesn't really help on the train thing. And uh, the, next, the next stop is Clapham Junction, okay, which is normally, it goes Clapham Junction. I think it might then go Richmond, Twickenham, uh, Feltham, Staines, and so it goes on. And so I'm sort of sitting there, and I'm not thinking about anything at all. I'm just sort of thinking, I thought we were stopping at Clapham Junction. 
It didn't stop at Clapham Junction. The train kept going. It didn't stop at Richmond either. We powered on through, and I'm beginning to think I'm being abducted by this train. We get to, well, we get as far as Twickenham, and he starts slowing down, so I stand up. There's about six people in the carriage. And we go straight through. We just, I thought maybe I need to be part of the Royal Mail, where I hang outside in a sort of a jute bag, and then I get sort of dragged. We speed up through Twickenham, and off we go again. I'm thinking, where are we going? Where, where are, I'm going to end up in blooming Windsor and Eton, but of course that's useless to me, because my travel card, free or otherwise, does not take me to Windsor and Eton. So I was a bit... St- anyway, we then go through. Witten, straight through. Feltham, straight through. I'm beginning to think, this driver's on a suicide mission. He's trying to kill me. I'm on the train. These people are in on it. These people sitting by. And I didn't want to stand up and go, excuse me, do you know why we're not stopping anywhere? Eventually, we stop. Stains. The end of the universe. The tumbleweed rolling down the platform and all the rest of it. And we get there... At about 20 to 12. 20 to 12. And so, by this time, I'm so bursting to go to the toilet, I'm just about ready to wet myself. But I had the presence of mind. I get off the train at Staines, because it actually stopped, and I'm looking around, and I thought, I don't like this at all. I've never even been to Staines Station. I don't. I didn't think I have. Anyway, so I go to the toilet, come out, and there's a couple of uh, people in... Uh, you, uh, I said, excuse me, I said, I'm... I'm um, I was on a train that just came in a minute ago, I said, which was going to Windsor and Eaton Riverside, I said, but I didn't want to go there. I said, um, I want to go to Twickenham. I said, but it didn't stop at Twickenham or Richmond or anywhere. In fact, we've just powered on through from Waterloo. He said, maybe it was running behind time. I thought, really? Is that what happens? If it runs behind time, they don't bother stopping. But, exactly. And so I, I could have ended up in Windsor and Eaton Riverside, which I have no interest in going to at all, because I've got a car. If I want to go there, I can drive there. And so I said, well, I need to get back to Twickenham. He said, well, you need to cross over the platform. He said, if you go over the bridge there, he said, you won't need to sign out or in. Because I don't think I'd, I can sign out or in anyway on my card, because it only goes to the next station, which I think would be Witten or Feltham. So I get off the other side, and, and I looked at the train thing, and it says, stop it. The next train, three minutes past, 12. I've got 20 minutes to kill, standing there, really getting quite cross, because by this time I want to go home, I'm fed up. And I look at the board and it says, the the next train in will be going to London Waterloo, stopping at Cyan Lane, Isleworth, Brentford. Didn't mention Twickenham, and I thought, what, I'll have to get off at Cyan Lane, walk, walk at my age, down the hill and get a bus which is going past the West Middlesex Hospital and I've missed the news. I'll come back to it in a moment, actually. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So here we are at Staines Station, looking up at the leaderboard and it's got the next train in and bearing in mind, I want to go to Twickenham, which is only literally a couple of stops down the line. And it's got um, Cyan Lane, Isleworth, Bedfont, all kind of different places. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go to Cyan Lane Get off there, walk down the hill, get the bus, and eventually I'll get back home. I think, and, and, then I, and then I thought, no, calm yourself down. It doesn't really matter. You've got nothing to do today. You've been paid. It's all very exciting. There's nothing that needs to happen at all. Just need to go and get some food and things like that. So I'm, I'm sort of staring at the rail. And there's nothing to do on Stain Station. I mean, seriously, there's nothing, nothing to do on any station. It's not like there's televisions. So you can watch sort of something going on. It was a bit boring. And I didn't want a cup of coffee. And I didn't want to buy a bottle of water. In fact, I didn't want to do anything at all. I just wanted to get home. And... Um, and then I look up, and the leaderboard's now changed. It now says, train to Waterloo, stopping at... Where did it say it was stopping? It's stopping at uh, Feltham, I think, and then Twickenham. 
I thought, oh, thank God for that. Thank God for that. So when the train finally came in, I'm kind of a little bit hesitant as to whether or not the train is actually going to make it and we are going to stop at Twickenham or I'm going to end up back at Waterloo again, which would have been my worst nightmare, trying to explain to people, because nobody cares. They just go and have to get back. But I, I could have been charged again. I didn't want to pay again. Well, he got me a little card. Apparently, in terms of performance, figures for train delays and so on, they get measured on how late the train is when it reaches its final station. So some train companies skip stations to make up time. And presumably, they then tell the guard and goes, this train is not stopping at the next one. You can get off and change at the one after that. But my one didn't stop anywhere. Didn't stop anywhere at all. But obviously, the guard said it, but I didn't hear it. Couldn't understand a word she was saying. They don't really care, actually. They're not really bothered about my inconvenience. The fact that I ended up standing for 20 minutes on Stain Station, there's no interest to them at all. They couldn't give a toss, could they? Why, did they bother? Why would they worry about things like that? It was only me thinking, I mean, especially as we powered through all the stations, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, why don't guards say something? We had one the other day. She was really, I thought she was on drugs. This one started off by saying, hello, everybody. Nice to have your company. Our train driver today, he's very good. She said, I was with him yesterday. He's very nice. He'll look after you today. <laughs> he's driving a train. And, uh, and I said to my friend, Graham, when he got on the train, I said, she's mad as a broomstick, this one. But in fact, it was a little bit marginally more entertaining than, uh, than some of the other ones who come on. And you can't, they're... you know, and it doesn't, it doesn't really help, does it? Just to be articulate. Uh, 18 months ago, the producer had a huge row with workers of the infamous Southern Rail, said in hushed tones. When my train, he says, from London Bridge to Forest Hill, where I live, just skipped straight through to Norwood. Was it East Norwood it went to? I mean, just, just ridiculous. East Croydon. Even worse. There is Croydon and then there's East Croydon. Dum, dum, dum. West is even worse. West is even worse. Although I tell you one thing I noticed today. Coming through London. How many different streets have got streetlights up? Loads of different people have got streetlights up. They're really good this year. Some very exciting... I'm not saying that the streetlights in Twickenham are going to uh, rank with the ones in town. You know, we don't have angels and stuff like that. But, but quite, quite nice. Regent Street ones are very good. Just down off um, Pall Mall, there's some there which are lovely. Uh, also, I saw some other ones uh, coming up opposite the Mandarin Oriental Hotel. There's... Balls hanging in the air, which are very pretty, big, you know, and really nice, really good lights. So if you were thinking today of coming up to town doing Winter Wonderland, because it's not going to be wet, might be the only day it's not going to be wet, actually, uh, get up early and uh, and have a, have a wander around looking at all the lights. It's quite nice. I don't do window shopping anymore. I think that's so naff. But I, I did cheat the other day. I bought all my brother's Christmas presents and his girl's Christmas presents on Amazon and arranged to send them all to them. Let it, Black Friday, let him, but I didn't save any money. I don't think I saved any money. And I, to be honest with you, I'd have bought the stuff, whether it was whether it was Black Friday or it was Pink Tuesday, it didn't make any difference. I just, I just have to buy it, send it to him, he can then wrap it. I just fill the labels in. And it's, it's, it's so much easier, isn't it? And so his girls wanted uh, perfume and things like that. So it was easy to do, easy to do. I know Santa does it for some people, but unfortunately, in my case, I have to do it. And now I've lost my accountant's address, which is somewhere in my filing system. So I can send him all my bits and pieces. And I've got my little piece of paper back, which tells me how much money I'm going to be paying in January and July of next year. So this will be my last show. Thank you very much indeed. Goodbye. <laughs> it's so depressing when you see it. It really is. It's just, you look at it and you think... Ah, uh, well, I've earned the money anyway. Might as well pay it. Uh, we found a thief before Christmas. I didn't think we would, actually. Uh, this is Carolyn Jones, spelt with a K. That's the Chav spelling, by the way. Carolyn with a K. 
and uh, she held a family fun day, promising to boost Southampton General Hospital's charity. But it got only £9 online donation and cash from a pub collection tin. The mum of three kept the rest and was nicked after failing to see how much was donated. They reckon it was up to about £5,000. All she's had to pay back is 300 The judge called her despicable and mean, and she got a suspended sentence. She was found guilty of fraud and theft. So uh, just remember the name, Carolyn Jones. She thieves. And to be honest with you, if I'd been the judge, she'd have been in prison over the festive season. I don't mess around with people like that. You thieve from a, from a charity, if it's for sick children, you go to prison. I'm not messing around. I don't know why they give them these, uh, these ridiculous, you know, sentences. God. Blimey. I've just watched Who Do You Think You Are featuring Danny Dyer. He's a direct descendant of Edward III. His attempts to converse with the experts were particularly funny, especially when he tried to pronounce Plantagenet, says Pat. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, this uh, Who Do You Think You Are is obviously scraping the barrel a bit because they've got Cheryl coming up at Christmas and it's just called Cheryl. She's obviously in some sort of desperately sad, lonely place where she's trying to make out that she's of interest to people and thinks she's like Madonna or Vanessa. So it's just Cheryl. So everything's been changed to Cheryl. And uh, can't wait to see her family, eh? <laughs> Where do you think they've come from? <laughs> I could make up my own jokes on that one. Uh, maybe, says Peter, the TFL train's running behind time but not behind shame. They don't really care. Peter says, well, at least your train was on the move. My train on the Piccadilly line yesterday stopped in the middle of nowhere for 20 minutes. So I don't mind them stopping. It's just tell me why we've stopped or tell me why we've just skated through Twickenham, the place which was on the map at Waterloo. I mean, could I sue them? Could I? You can't, can you? Oh, ridiculous, honestly. Absolutely. Oh, they wouldn't. Tell, no, I don't think they know. The blokes seemed quite, quite surprised that we'd sped through the all these stations. They didn't know about it and they were at Staines. They didn't know about it at all. And then they had another thing coming. I love it when they say uh, stand back from the platform. The train is not stopping here. And. On thundering through is a train, the like of which you've never, ever seen before. They obviously use them up and down the country for sort of doing things or putting things together or railway girders or so. I don't know what it... But this thing, I'd never seen. It looked like something out of the Soviet Union. It was so exciting. So, And I, lo- I love stuff like that. I think they're always terribly interesting. I told you before, when I was standing at, uh, at Richmond Station, we had uh, a steam train come through. And we discovered it had come from, I think, Euston or something like that. And it was fantastic, bellowing and belching out steam. Far more exciting than any of the modern trains. Apparently there is a train that runs through North London once a week, which goes up to some nuclear plant in Suffolk. It's a nuclear train. This might have been this one. It certainly had some things on it. It looked like they were generators on the back of it. It was terribly mysterious and exciting. But I love the way they go, the train is not stopping here. You think, well, of course it's not. Well, who's going to get on it? There's nowhere to stand. Unless it's like India, where you cling to the outside and hope that you make it to the next town, which, of course, many of them do not. 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. What do you think Cheryl's family is going to be like on who do you think you are? Do you think maybe a little bit chav? Huge amount of chav. Real chav. I think real chav. I hope that there's nobody interesting in the family. There can't be, can there, really? A lady called Vivian wrote to me, and I'm, I'm going to mispronounce this, I can tell. It's called the National Association of laryngectomy clubs. Laryng... It is, laryngectomy clubs. Something to do with the larynx. And she sent me, because they send these out all the time. It's the NATO alphabet, which is the National Association. Oh, no, it's not. It's the NATO alphabet. (laughs) Uh, Which is, it's when it's necessary to spell words over the phone. So, 
uh, my name would be Sierra Tango Echo Papa Hotel Echo November. <laughs> it's how do you say LBC? That's easy actually. That's Lima Bravo Charlie. Because it's got all of them. Pre- I don't know why you'd ever want to do this. I mean, you know, when you because if you're speaking to somebody abroad, do they understand that? If if, if I speak to because when I speak to my insurance company, they're in Nova Scotia in Canada, and do you think if I said to her, uh, "Papa Quebec Romeo Uniform Whiskey Hotel Golf Foxtrot," they know the faintest idea what I was on about. I doubt it very much indeed. And then just chuck in X-ray Yankee Zulu. Let's just see if they go for it. But it is Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel India, Juliet, Kilo, Lima, Mike, November, Oscar, Papa, Quebec, Romeo, Sierra Tango, Uniform. Uniform. It, it has changed a little bit, actually. Uh, Victor, Whiskey, X-Ray, Yankee, Zulu. So there you go. Just in case you were thinking of doing something today. You can copy that down and use that. That's free. I'm not going to charge you for that or anything like that at all. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Krisha says, uh, free free travel card. How come? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. Otherwise I get into trouble. I don't, I don't pay for travel. I get it for free. I can go free on the buses, free on the underground and the overground trains after 9.30. Don't tell anybody, for God's sake. I'll be in dreadful trouble if they find out. I've had to lie about my age and everything. Anyway, uh, 12 minutes to 6. Welcome to Sunday morning. Uh, so 50 years of tyranny, Fidel Castro dies, a nation goes into mourning, including Prince Harry, for some inexplicable reason, doing a minute silence. He's very poorly advised on that one. Uh, bully boy Danny Baker, evicted from the jungle, he says he's not bullying, but uh, the public obviously disagreed, and that's why they voted him out. One Direction will definitely return, says Niall. We'd be foolish not to. Well, it depends how much of your money you've spent, dear, doesn't it? But uh, to be honest with you, I mean, by the time you actually get round to reforming, it'll be like the Spice Girls. Not everybody will want to do it. So there'll be two of you up on stage. Zane won't be there, will he? He's not going to reform. Do you think Harry Styles will want to crawl back up on stage? No. No, of course not. He's, he's got another career going. You're the only one who doesn't actually have a career going. Uh, the Heath Accuser, the Edward Heath Accuser, apparently is a satanic sex fantasist, and yet still the police pressed on. Doesn't make any sense, does it? Somebody can go to the police and go... Um, Edward Heath witnessed these murders in a, in a church. You know, and you think, why, why on earth would the police ever take that seriously? But there again, they didn't manage to find and, and link Stephen Port to his victims. One of the families got very angry, but of course, I mean, you know, had the police even found out that uh, he'd been murdered by Stephen Port, it wouldn't have saved his life because he was dead by that time anyway. Uh, Christmas pudding? No. We prefer panettone, which is nice, isn't it? I, I mean, I quite like that. I think Stuart from the fish shop in Twickenham is going to be selling some of that today. They're just opposite where I'm doing the tree at 4.30, turning on the lights there and down the high street and all the way up to the green. Uh, they've got an empty shop there and they're going to put a little market inside there. I think Stuart's got some... Um, he sent me a thing the other day He's going to, because he sells turkeys and everything else. I think he's up early cooking. And um, wait a minute, I'm just having a quick check. Quick check, quick check, quick check. Uh, and he says, uh, turkey and goose tasters tomorrow at the stall in Emonco, if you're feeling peckish. And we're doing a £5 off our rustic panettone tomorrow. Uh, only I heard you mention you may be tempted for one. I might be. I might be, actually. Uh, Warren is now in all the papers, actually, Warren. Uh, that uh, Cliff has got a Christmas single out, which is good. Are your fingers still blue? 
He was having blue fingers. The other. Have you ever heard of blue fingers? Mine just go very cold, but at the moment they're boiling. I put the heating on for the first time yesterday. First time I put, put the heating on and I left it on all night. God, it was hot. My place gets so hot. It's absolutely ridiculous. I like to try and, because I don't think it's good for you, but um, I'm, I'm not going to, uh, to say yet, actually, Warren. But I do know that Cliff is uh, definitely away at the moment. But he's got the single out, and it's going to be a race, isn't it, to be who's going to be number one? Who's going to be number one? Is it going to be Sir Terry Wogan? Because they've decided to... uh, Sorry, it's my phone still. They've decided to to re-release the floral dance. I don't know why, actually. I don't know why they'd want to re-release the floral dance. I know that Terry's died, but, you know. uh, And your lips as well. His lips have gone blue. You've got some dreadful illness, haven't you? I've decided. Uh, What else we got here very, very quickly? Uh, Will you be arriving by sleigh and reindeer, says little Julie. I hope not. No, I I propose using my legs. (laughs) Whether that's going to work, I don't know, actually. A lot of other people ask me about my free travel card. Don't say, don't ask about it. I get into trouble. Seriously, I've managed to fool them so far, but I can't get away with it for much longer if you lot keep talking about it. I don't know why I mentioned it myself this morning. Fool to myself, ladies and gentlemen. Is it the criteria for a railway airport announcer to have a speech impediment? Says Sally. No, I mean, I mean, it's, I mean, the air, the, um, I mean, I, I can't comment on the airport people. I mean, normally on the stations, I can hear what they're saying. I just can't hear on the train. Some of them get so close to the microphone because it's a little, it sort of sticks out of the wall. They're not doing, yeah, and they're so, this is Southwest train service. I mean, I'm located in the middle of this eight coach train, like we're going to wander up and down. I think not. Says, uh, doesn't LBC issue with a, a daily taxi? Yeah, for bringing me in. I have to find my own way home. I mean, I can manage it. I'm not completely stupid. And um, Warren sent me a picture of his fingers because they look a bit blue. Poor soul. You're painting them, aren't you? It's no good. You really add solacely. That's terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Anyway, uh, gambling is the biggest addiction in the country, is it? Is gambling the biggest addiction in the country? I watch the, uh, the things on the television. I personally wouldn't ever gamble on the television. I personally wouldn't. I mean, I do the lottery, and I think that's about as far as I can go. But um, it, it, it's advertised on television. Yes. People see... I always... I, I, you can always do an indicator of how much money they're raking in. When they show you the computer uh, diagram of the roulette table, and then you see all this money coming down onto all the different squares, they must be doing quite a few thousand pounds each spin of the ball. Which is not bad, is it? Actually, not bad if you were setting up one of these uh, companies. I mean, exactly half... Of the teams in the Premier League have a betting firm as their sponsor on their shirts. So it could be anybody from Betfred to whoever it happens to. I can only think of Betfred. I'm sure there are loads of others. That's all, that's all we could think of. Bet365. They all sponsor. They all sponsor. So, yeah, betting is big. People want to bet. Whereas, in fact, I generally, I do the lottery. And I bought some tickets yesterday because I'd won some money on Friday. Not a huge amount. I'd only done about 40 quid. But I reinvest that, hoping that I got two notifications last night. Uh, or this morning, saying that I'd won from yesterday. But it'll, it'll just be £3.60 or something like that, which actually doesn't bother me. doesn't, seriously. Of course, the fact I'll be in a bad mood for the rest of the day because I didn't win £42 million or £20 million or something like that will not affect my, uh, my uh, turning on of the Christmas lights in Twickenham at 4.30 today, about 4.30-ish, something like that. Uh, another one here. It's possible Cheryl Tweedy, being from the North East, was a descendant of the Vikings. Good heavens. Do you think so? Do you think so? Wow. (laughs) I like that idea, actually. On the subject of I'm a celebrity, I painted my hallway yesterday and sat there watching the paint dry. Loads more interesting than watching that. 
Yes, they're, they're, they're now saying, I'm a celebrity. They are boring people. They are dull. They, 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 at one point, somebody said it was very interesting. And then now they've suddenly realised that poor Ola Jordan can only stand under a shower. She can't have a conversation because she's got nothing in common with anybody in there. They look at her with pity. With pity because she's so bland. Uh, you can drive with one hand on the steering wheel, but you have to notify the DVLA and have a steering wheel with something attached to the rim. Yeah, that's for people with a disability. Uh, and also, you, uh, most of those cars that have that are automatic. My car's automatic. I don't, uh, I don't need to change gear or doing anything like that. Uh, Tony says, normally in Canada and the USA, you'd use Zebra instead of Zulu. Everything else is the same. So now we know. This is using on the, uh, on the NATO... Uh, alphabet. That's the one if you actually try and describe something to someone, you can read it out. Oh dear, I do laugh at these sort of things. It's funny the things we worry about, actually. Uh, 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk uh, Front page of the uh, the people today. Uh, this is the serial killer, Stephen Port, who claims his past gay lovers include an MP and a TV host. Of course, he is deluded and uh, and it's going to be locked up for the rest of his life and will die in prison. So you can say whatever you like, darling, but we know you're a liar. Prince Harry playing the goof again, I'm afraid. Uh, he entered botanical gardens. It's just, I mean, do you think they really care? There's no decorum here at all. There's no, he looks like the original, you know, giddy aunt from Norfolk or something like that. And uh, what have we got? Mariah Carey, apparently been blasted by fans after they spot some dodgy editing in a Thanksgiving snap that she posted. Uh, Mel B has offered a reward for information after thieves broke into her car and stole two suitcases outside her home. Must have been there for some time, mustn't they? I would think, because if, if somebody's got enough time to, uh, to go there and do things like that. Uh, I've just spent... Oh, sorry. <laughs> Warren complaining about spending money before Christmas. Not good. Must spend this money before Christmas. Save it. Uh, Danny Baker hitting out at bully claims. Well, he would, wouldn't he? Nobody wants to be labelled a bully. You bullied. I'm sorry, whichever way you looked at it, you bullied. OK, there you go. End of it. And uh, in a desperate effort to try and revive some sort of bimbo kind of, of, of whatever it is, career, um, apparently Ola Jordan revealed she stole her husband from a rival dancer. How fantastic. James already had a girlfriend. Otherwise known probably as the, the doormat. Uh, Benel and second sex pervert coach, both taught at school. And uh, they've got all these boys who are coming out. The footy pedo who worked at a kid's home for two years. Don't they vet? I mean, am I, am I just being particularly naive if I say that Crew Alexandra, would they not have a vetting thing in, in process? And if they'd heard something and one of the directors had heard a rumour about uh, a boy and about their football coach, would they not investigate? Apparently, they did, but then they said there wasn't enough evidence to do anything. They just carried on. They didn't sort of, you know, if you've got any shadow of a doubt that the person training these 11-year-old boys is a paedophile, you get rid of them immediately. You don't even think about it, but they let him carry on. Which, you know, which means that they were complicit in what was going on, because he just carried on. He went to prison three times. Last time, I think, it was only last year. Very odd, isn't it? They say, oh, there could be loads of boys and girls coming out as well. Girls? I don't think so. It's mainly going to be boys, isn't it? And so it makes you wonder. Football. 
I mean, we know that the thing is rife, don't we, in football? There's all sorts of problems with football nowadays. It used to be money laundering, wasn't it? They used to say that, you know, that was the best way to money launder, buy a football club and sort of you could do things like that. And uh, the amount of money... We've had footballers taking drugs, footballers bedding girls. We've had people fired from clubs. Oh, God, we've had everything under the sun. And now it turns out the people training the ball... I wonder how many of today's big-name footballers went through this. I wonder, really, whether or not there's a lot of footballers out there who are not going to come forward and say anything at all. Do you think they might? it might be like that? They might say, well, listen, I'm now... I mean, I can't think of any... Well, I can. I can think of loads of really, really big names. But do you think if, if it was a really, really big name, they're going to come forward? No, of course they're not. Of course they're not. It's going to blow the whole thing up, uh, wide apart because you bet your bottom dollar that the directors of these clubs, they must know. You don't have to be blind, do you? To notice you've got somebody training your team who's not married and who takes an interest in young boys. Not ringing an alarm bell? Obviously not in some clubs. Obviously not. You just have to hope it's not the case, but I have a feeling, and you will get people coming forward saying things which might not be true, and it's all got to be... Crew Alexandra are now going to start an investigation. I'm I'm tempted to say to you up there at Crew, bit bloody late. Bit bloody late. These kids are grown up now. Now you're doing something about it. What are you going to do? You're going to pay for the fact that they were being abused? Well, I mean, what's the deal? Do let us know. Uh, Still to come... Uh, Noel Edmonds, off to New Zealand, he says. I was watching that Deal or No Deal yesterday. I do like it. I like it purely because of the greed in people. They they just want as much money as possible. And they've had one had tattoos yesterday on her arm and everything else. It was really bizarre. Coming out to the news at six o'clock this Sunday morning, Andy Murray is the favourite to win the BBC uh, sports title, I think, for the third time. Uh, Joe Pasquale getting the role of Frank Spencer in a stage version of Some Mothers Do Have Them. Fish fingers are getting bigger. That's called fish, then, isn't it, really? Candice Brown is heading for primetime US telly. Obviously, her agent's trying to work overtime. Most wanted Christmas gift is Lego. Uh, Beatrice, princess. Uh, Why named that? I can't imagine. Cuts Ed Sheeran's face with a sword as she attempts to knight James Blunt. Apparently, that's just her being funny. (laughs) Thank God he's still got the sight in both eyes. Rocco Ritchie takes a dig at his mum, Madonna. And uh, after 50 years of tyranny, Fidel Castro... Is dead. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Sunday. I would suggest today would be a good day, a good day, to actually try and get some of that Christmas shopping done. You know, why? Because if you leave it much longer, all of a sudden it's going to get on top of you and you're going to start thinking, oh, I wish I'd ordered, I wish I'd taken Steve Allen's advice, I wish I'd gone onto Amazon or wherever else and bought stuff. You can do it all online. You don't need to go to the shops. You can do it all at home if you've got a credit card. Leave you Try not to max out on the credit card. That's the next bad thing, isn't it? Uh, the UK's sickest granny in the papers today. She teaches children racist chants. Uh, an England ace who cheated on his sweetheart uh, with another girl and she sold her story. It's a bit like some sort of prostitution, I think. Why would you want to tell people? You know, if you've had an affair with somebody... And then you go to the papers and proudly say, oh, by the way, I've just had an affair with this this football ace. And you think, well, you just made yourself out to be a real horrible person. Horrible. Uh, Danielle Armstrong quits TOWIE. Thank God she hasn't contributed to the programme for ages and ages. Uh, One Direction will definitely return, says Niall. No, they won't. I would be so surprised if they actually managed to get... One Direction back together again, because they've all got their own things. You think that little Liam, who will now, because by the time they actually get back together again, he'll be a father, and uh, Louis got a, a baby. The only one who doesn't seem to have anybody is poor... Is poor... Um, who's the... Niall. Could be Niall. 
and uh, Zane's not going to do anything, and the other one's not going to do anything. So, you know, One Direction will not be getting back together again. There might be some form of them, but, I mean, by that time, who cares? Britain's biggest cinema chain is to show films on Christmas Day. The reason they're going to do it is they've said because not everybody wants to sit at home on Christmas Day being Christian. You don't have to do that. You know, I don't think Christianity comes into it. I really don't think it comes into it any more at, at Christmas than it does the rest of the year. You can go to church any time you want. The fact that people like to go to church over Christmas because we want to sing the carols and that's the only time you get to uh, hear them being sung. That's nice. That's a nice thing to do. But what about all the single people? What about all the single people who, who don't have any family? They don't have any partners. They don't have anybody to go to. And they sit there at home staring at the wall. Why shouldn't they be allowed to go out and go to the cinema or go and do shopping or do anything like that? They don't want to sit in. For them, Christmas is a nightmare. It's only for sort of it's only the happy adverts on the television where you see the the uh, the family all together and them all round the table. And of course, it's not like that. You know what it's like. Most of the families sit there around Christmas, stony faced. Nobody's talking to each other because Aunt, Auntie Hetty apparently has sort of, you know, brought the, the wrong presence for people and people have, oh, it's just a nightmare. And she's been gone, gone incontinent and all that kind of stuff. So by the time you get round the Christmas table, it's very stressful. Really, really, very, very stressful. So I always say, you know, if somebody wants to go out to the cinema, who are people to, to turn, you know, round to somebody and say, you can't go and enjoy Christmas in the way that you want to do it? These are miserable people. These are really miserable people. I don't think the Almighty would be saying, I want people to sit at home and be miserable and horrible and things like that. He's just saying, you know, you do what you want to do. Don't let other people dictate to you. If you want to go out to the cinema, you go to the cinema. You want to go shopping, you go shopping. Steve, Harry is in a country that seems to observe the death of Castro and is only following their mourning, irrespective of of other opinions. Um, Well, he shouldn't have done, Theresa. Absolutely shouldn't have done. He shouldn't have done. He was their guest. He should have said, um, to, uh, his advisor should have said he will not be standing for a minute's silence. It's as simple as that. There you go. Uh, Ray says, Cheryl Tweedy, who do you think you are? Well, we know what you're not. A singer. Yeah, last single, I think, got to about number 22 in the charts. I'm pretty certain. It, it, I know whatever it was, it didn't do as, as well as she thought it was going to do. You know why? I'll tell you exactly why it didn't do very well. It's because she, she wasn't working on a television programme to promote it. And so consequently, when she did the fate, fate, fate one, she was able to do that, miming badly, on, um, on The X Factor because she was a, a judge on the programme. The last one, I think, was called Only Human in 2015. And if I tell you, it was so appalling, it got to number 70 in the charts. That's what's commonly known as a failure. It didn't go any, in any other charts throughout the world apart from went somewhere else. And it got to number 40. Where was that? Scotland. Scotland bought it, but they only put it in at number 40. So there you go. So, I mean, really, I'd, I'd give up. I know she's had a few number ones. I don't care. Crazy, stupid love. Oh, I tell you, did you watch Room 101 the other day? It was very interesting. They had a singer on there called Josh Grobin. Josh Grobin's got an amazing voice. What was the thing that he wanted to go into Room 101? I was so surprised because I didn't think that um, that, that people... Uh, knew what it was, auto-tune. He wanted auto-tune to go into Room 101. Auto-tune, for those of you who do not know, is for people who can't sing, uh, a bit like uh, Jordan, she can't sing, she would use auto-tune, which means she sings into a microphone and the computer will pitch automatically 
up to the right note, OK, or what they think is the right note. There, are, There is a... Sp- I'm sure it's a, a spoof, uh, but I'm, I'm going to play a little bit for you now. It's a little bit of spoof of Jordan singing. Uh, she very unwisely decided to just decided that she was going to sing with Peter Andre. So, of course, it's the lesser of two evils. And it was the joke of the century. Peter, of course, was at his fattest. She thought she was singing. And so what somebody's done, they've taken the auto-tune off the the singing that they were doing. So the auto-tune, let me give you a rough idea. It sounds like the, 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 the only thing I can think of immediately is Cher's... That's, it's electronically enhanced, and a lot of groups use it. A lot of groups use it. In fact, a lot of groups who would pretend to you that they can sing, but they can't. So they... T- Isn't Peter Andre looking fat in this YouTube video? So funny. And, um, and so what they, they've done is somebody has removed auto-tune from Peter Andre and Jordan. I apologise now. If you're a music lover, put your finger in your ears. If you're deeply religious, pray for their souls like you've never prayed before. This is is her. Crystal, crystal. <laughs> oh, gold! Please spare us from it. Small wonder the marriage disaster uh, occurred not not too long after that. Unfortunately, Peter Andre. That is possibly one of the worst things we've ever heard. I apologise. We've heard some rubbish on this programme. Everybody was in stunned silence. She she chose to wear a, a white shroud, and and he was wearing what looked like two boiler suits. Um, just really, just really dreadful. You know, it was, it was almost as bad as a whole new world because she can't sing. But if you put it through the auto tune, it will pitch it up to where it thinks it should be. And that's why, you know, it is the disaster that is Katie Price. I bet Christmas in her house is lovely, isn't it? Do you think so? Do you think they'll be fighting over the children again? <laughs> Eventually somebody will have to buy presents. I mean, I wonder, yeah, I mean, I'm hoping it's not real, but I would I would think I think it might be. I mean, because we know she can't sing. She she was our entry for Eurovision, wasn't she, at one point? She was at Vi- I mean, dear God in heaven. Talk about a joke. Uh, Paul's in Northern Ireland. He says, what's your favourite part of Christmas dinner? The bit where you go, I've eaten enough, thank you. That's my favourite part of Christmas dinner. I'm, I get two two Christmas dinners every year. Two Christmas dinners. And if I don't get them, I get very grumpy. But uh, I saw some sprouts on the television the other day being cooked. Some American was doing sprouts. They did it in one of these cooker things. And theirs look all burnt. Ours look nice and green and, and delicious. But theirs look burnt. And they went, oh, there's nothing nicer. I thought, you burnt all the stuff out of them. Not so good at all, is it, really? Anyway, uh, another one here. Uh, Fion says, enjoy turning on the Christmas lights today at 430 yeah, about 4.30, 4.40, something like that. It'll be around that time. Uh, another one here. And uh, a lot of people talking about uh, uh, Harry should not have observed the minute silence. Yeah, they're not allowed to get politically involved. That's, that's the unwritten rule in the royal family, whether people like it or not. I've got no idea. Uh, 84850, uh Try and do another one here. And uh, he says, you've just scared my cats with your Katie Price attempting to sing. Uh, Both not best pleased. Uh, Chris says, I only thought 
over 60's got them, and you keep going on about being 40-ish. F- 42. 42 I am. I'm not discussing it any further, because I get into trouble. If, if people find out, I can really get into trouble. Awful. Um, <laughs> uh, Mark says, Ola and James, a modern-day version of Yvonne and Barry Stewart Hargreaves from Heidi High. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How funny. Uh, <laughs> another one here um, on the subject of uh, blue fingers. Thank you, Paul and Hove. I'm sure that that's right. Uh, had a panic yesterday morning when I woke up, says Wayne. And you weren't on. Then I realised it was Saturday. But I am on on Saturday. I'm on between uh, five and seven on Saturday. The best of Steve Allen between five and six. And between six and seven in conversation. So uh, I absolutely... I'm on seven days a week. Andy says, do you think we can get Eugene and Beatrice to knight Tony Blair? Isn't it funny that they play knighting at home at one of their casual parties? OK, I'm going to pretend to be the Queen now. Oh, Beatrice, you can't be the Queen. I'm going to pretend to be the Queen. And so she then pretends to knight somebody and cuts his face. Not very clever, but they are a bit dead. What on earth are the... What is Blunt doing round there? And Ed Sheeran in that dreary old bag's father's house. You'd think at her age, 28, she'd have her own place by now, wouldn't you? But he was trying to get a free, uh, free flat for them at Kensington Palace. I don't think the Queen's wild about that one, is it, really? God knows what she's going to be like when she's loose on the market. Do you think she'll start going to nightclub raves or something like that? I'm Beatrice. Sorry? Beatrice. Prin- Princess Beatrice. And I hang around with naff people. You know my mother. Toe sucker. You must remember her. Goodness sake, you can't miss her. She has a photograph of me on her handbag. <laughs> when, mu- when Mumsy goes on the train. It's so exciting. Oh, I'll tell you who died. I'll tell you who died. I'll tell you who died in a moment, actually. I was quite shocked. Because uh, we've talked about her on the programme loads of times. I'll tell you about that in uh, a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. On his meeting with Trump and the role he could play bridging the Atlantic. Don't miss Nigel Farage. This morning from 10 on LBC. Brace yourself. The broomstick's not here, but he is. OK, so you can get a, a nice load of Nigel Farage this morning on LBC. That'll cheer you up, won't it? That'll cheer you up. It's always very entertaining. It was very interesting. So the um, the story is in the paper that the Queen mourns her oldest and best friend. Now, the reason I mention this is because I bought her book. This is uh, one of the Queen's cousins. Uh, her name, Margaret Rhodes. Uh, she appeared, I think it's about the only time that somebody close to the Queen, and I mean close to the Queen and to the Queen Mother, was has been allowed to write a book, <coughs> excuse me, a book, about her association, how life went on. Uh, Margaret Rhodes was the one who visited the Queen Mother when she was dying uh, in her house, and she went there, and she'd... Uh, I think the house had phoned the Queen to say that um, that the Queen Mother was dying, and it wouldn't be too long. And so the Queen turned up and a few other members of the family and then made their, their peace or whatever they do. I don't know how it works. Margaret Rhodes then went in, and uh, and I think the Queen Mother had died... And so she curtsied, she said, her deepest curtsy that she'd ever done. The final curtsy was the one that she gave to the Queen Mother. And uh, then they came and took the Queen Mother away. I mean, it was it was absolutely amazing. It was published in 2011. And uh, I, I bought the book, mainly because I thought it was such a fascinating story that she knew the Queen Mother. She was a, a confidant of the Queen. And, of course, this is the problem if you're the Queen. The Queen did go and visit her. Um, I believe earlier this month after she fell ill and obviously somebody said, listen, she's very ill. She's 91. And so the Queen then went to visit. And, you know, she has to do this more and more as the Queen outlives everybody. 
and uh, and she's having to get on with things. And Margaret died, uh, I think, uh, on Friday night at the age of 91. It's a super book. Super book. The Honourable the Honourable Margaret Rhodes, born in 1925, died 25th November 2016. First cousin, first cousin, and literally one of the uh, one of the uh, the close friends of Lady Mary Bowes Lyon, a sister of Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, and uh, she was a frequent playmate of the. And they've got lots of pictures of them playing together as children. Because I should imagine, if you are the Queen of this great nation of ours, it must be quite difficult to to have. Friends. I mean, quite, as we've discovered with Prince Andrew, he seems to pick up on all sorts of people. What was one? A convicted paedophile, I believe, he was hanging around with. Uh, Sarah Ferguson doesn't pick her friends very carefully. And quite clearly now the children don't either. They've learnt nothing that side of the family. You would have thought they would have learnt, you know, by their grandmother's example to sort of leave. But obviously if they're playing at home, let's pretend we're knighting somebody. There's no chance of Beatrice ever being allowed anywhere near a sword. Hopefully not in my day and age. Uh, Cheryl does not know who she is. Uh, this is uh, Cheryl Tweedy. You remember Cheryl Tweedy. She's, she's done the rounds. Uh, she is a convicted criminal. She was convicted of assault and actual bodily harm after attacking a nightclub toilet attendant. We all remember that one very well. In fact, I seem to remember at one point Cheryl was so drunk that I think the um, she said to the toilet attendant... Don't you know who I am? My father owns this club or something. Whatever it was, it was a load of old garbage emanating, as usual, from the mouth. But uh, in her... uh, She's searching for her ancestors, a surname. She's described simply as Cheryl in a BBC trailer and publicity material for her appearance on the show. Her own website uses only her first name in an apparent attempt to follow in the footsteps of Madonna and Adele. No chance to... Dad, you're so far removed. You're more Katie Price. You're more Katie Price. Uh, last month she got um, uh, a divorce. She also kept a Mrs C tattoo on her neck. It's not now clear if it's been removed. And uh, a Cheryl Tweedy, as I say, she said, Tweedy feels like the old, old me. That'd be like going backwards another stage. I love the way she seems to think, you know, that she is somebody different. She's exactly the same person. The fact she's got a bit more money. Oh, the Wikipedia page has now got Cheryl Entertainer. I don't think so, dear. I don't think so. You've never been entertaining. Never been entertaining at all. And um, they've had Brit Awards and all the rest of it. She's 33 now. She's getting on a bit. Apparently, she's, she's become a recognised and photographed style icon. Who for? Not for me. Is she a style icon for many of you listening? I don't think so. Her net worth is estimated at 20 million. OK, that's great. And uh, then she's got the little boyfriend. And uh, he's probably worth about 18 million. So combined, 38 million, but miserable as sin. She's obviously trying to latch on to anything. If she thinks that Victoria Beckham can be successful by looking miserable, she thinks she can be as, as successful. But unfortunately, as I say, last single, 70 in the charts. Don't hold your breath. Uh, Rebel Rocco's party posse. Madonna's boy busted for, uh, for drugs. A wannabe wild child. In other words, just a saddo. And they've got, uh, in this group, uh, they've got all sorts of different people. Uh, the daughter of Liam Gallagher and Lisa Moorish. Moody Molly Moorish. Bit sad, really. Uh, Harding Party Princess. This is Lottie Moss. Little sis. Again, doesn't really know how to dress. They're all in the same sort of things. Uh, son of Sadie Frost and Spandau Ballet's Gary Kemp. Finlay Munro Kemp is the half-brother of Rafferty and Iris Law. And the elder statesman of the gang. OK. He's a pretty sort of boy. All sort of pretty. Mind you, Martin Kemp's pretty, isn't he? I know that th- this is Gary Kemp, but it's sort of, it's sort of brother, brother, brother. Uh, also, Rafferty Law who is the, uh, is the son of Jude Law, 
which is lovely. Uh, Iris Law only turned 16. She's also, you know, same sort of party. Uh, they say the star of the group is uh, poor old Brooklyn Beckham. Brooklyn Beckham, who's still got a skateboard. I mean, you ask yourself, really. Rumoured to be dating Nicole Ritchie. But uh, he, he never smokes. He enjoys, he enjoys boozing. He's 17. Uh, he's godson of Elton John and Liz Hurley. He goes round there very often. You know. Hi, Brooklyn, do you want to come round for a swim in the pool? Sauna? Something like that, you know. And, uh, but he, he just has his little skateboard. We don't believe he's actually going out with anybody at the moment. They're sort of, they're rather, they're rather, rather peculiar family. You know, when I say they are peculiar, they sort of, they thrive on being photographed. Uh, Anthea Turner. She's quoted in the paper today. Anthea, no, I have to think who she is. Anthea Turner. She used to be big on television years ago. Then she was married to Peter, and then that finished. And then she went out with Grant Bovey, and, uh, and then that finished because he was he was having sex with somebody else. And then Anthea told you how to fold towels. Uh, I think Eamon Holmes called her Princess Tippy Toes. Um, she's not really very good. Not really very good. She's a bit patronising. But she says here, this is after Sunita. Um, told last week that chocolate-covered peanuts beat sex. I mean, you'd have to think about that, won't you, for a Sunday morning? But apparently, Anthea says, if anyone says there's something better than sex, they aren't doing it right. Mm. Too much information, really. I don't even want to know about that. Thank you, Anthea. Oh, please. And uh, Eugenie, um, they think she's become engaged, but, I mean, she doesn't know whether she is or not because she's in that kind of family. But uh, she was there at uh, London's Animal Ball last week, and so somebody... Asked her, Charlotte Griffiths, you know, are you uh, are you sort of losing weight to get ready for an engagement? And she sort of went like that because they, they they don't have words; they just have sounds and things like that. And uh, she's been um, uh, she has a relationship status with her boyfriend of six years, Jack, who she met at the Swiss Swiss ski resort Verbier. Oh, that's nice, isn't it? So he's got a bit more intelligence going on than the rest of the blooming family. But she's lost a lot of weight. Uh, but again, they just they see they obviously revel in being part of the royal family. They've got to that age now where they've started milking it for all they can get. A bit like their mother, actually. A bit like their mother. Uh, Jim says, "Is this live Sunday morning or recorded?" No, it's recorded. Recorded this on Tuesday. I never come into work on a. I can't come into work on a Sunday. Not as well as all the other days. Of the week. No, I pre-record this on a on a Tuesday with an update on Thursday morning. Because I've generally been tipped off by, by the newspapers as to what's actually happening. And so I, uh, I then do it that way. So it means I, it means I can spend a little, bit, um, a little bit longer in bed on a Sunday morning without having to sort of worry about getting up and coming into the studio and sort of, you know, reading the, through the papers. I mean, we had no idea until somebody mentioned to me about a year ago that Fidel Castro had died. And I said, OK, well, I'll tell you what, I'll put it in on the programme on the off chance. So, I mean, how, how lucky were we? How lucky were we? Martine says, letting Beatrice near a sword is like letting a burglar into the Royal Mint. Yes, I mean, I'm not, uh, I'm not too sure. I'm, I don't really have much time for them, as you, as you well know. As you well know. And, um, and, and somebody says, how come I used to be just slightly older than you and now it's a couple of decades? Well, you're obviously lying, aren't you? I should imagine. Can't help it if people can't tell the truth about things. Uh, Tom is in Worthing. Somebody's got to be. And uh, it is another one of God's waiting rooms, isn't it, really, Worthing? And if you sit in a bus shelter and, you, and you're next to somebody who looks a little bit cold, dead. You know, that's what it is. <laughs> Seriously, there's no point in having a conversation. It's, it's, really, it's really difficult. He says, I'm one of those people with no family, says Tom. Well, you're in Worthing, that's why. They won't travel. They won't travel. He says, I don't celebrate Christmas anyway, so I'll just get stuck into my PS4 and probably sleep most of the day. How lovely. 
You say, I, I like the idea. If ever I had the opportunity to sleep through the entire day, years ago, I would have done it. I really would have done it. I wouldn't do it now. You know why? I, d- I don't want to miss anything of the day. And also, if you sleep all day, it means that you don't sleep at night. And yesterday, I went to bed really, really early. <laughs> really, really early. Like half past four. Because I, I'd done loads of stuff during the daytime, and I'd, I'd got very tired, made myself tired, and I'd had something to eat. What did I have to eat yesterday? I'm having to check every day on what I have to eat, because I can't remember. It's horrendous, isn't it? I think I might have had chicken, but I don't think I did. Oh, I know what I had. I think I had a chicken and leek pie. <laughs> Dreadful when you can't remember. Anyway, <laughs> this is the onset of what, of what there is to look forward to, ladies and gentlemen. And, um, and so I'd done everything, and I thought, to, and I put the heating on. I was sitting there, and of course, the heating makes me drowsy. Perhaps that's why I've not put it on before now. Because my friend Graham, he said, you're mad. He said, you know that your thyroid doesn't work, so you, you could sort of die. I said, well, don't be silly. I have no intention of dying. I said, but I just didn't feel the need to put the heating on. I put it on yesterday. It was like, Pfft. You know, I didn't even bleed the radiators. Normally you have to bleed the radiators. I didn't do anything at all. And then, this morning, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but I, the heating was still on, and I, had, I turned the shower on. It was instantly hot. Normally you turn it on, and it's cold, and then it goes hot. No, 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 this was boiling hot. In fact, so boiling hot, I was going to scald myself. But uh, I did climb into bed, and it was all very lovely. Then today, I turn on the lights in Twickenham. About 4.30, but there's loads of stuff taking place from about 12 o'clock today in Twickenham. So if you want to come down, there's uh, all sorts of things. There'll be food tastings. And up on the green, I think they've got the camels, and they've got the reindeer. And there'll be a train that chugs up and down the road, a little electric train, which is quite good fun, which we had the other year. So, And then at about 4.30, 20 to, uh, 20 to 5... Then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll turn the lights on and then I'll go to bed because I'm in tomorrow morning again. <laughs> it's the, it's the hurly-burly showbiz world, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. It's the hurly-burly showbiz world. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. You don't need to get up today. Seriously, unless you've really got something to do, why bother getting up? It's miserable. It's very cold. Very chilly out there. You don't need to uh, worry about it. Ken says, I'm laughing at your explanation of your recording of your Sunday programme. Well, it would be... <coughs> Sorry, I'll do that bit again. Just, we go, just go back on that a little bit. Ken says, I'm laughing at your explanation of recording of your Sunday programme. Does that sound right? can't work if that sounded OK or not. I'm sure it'd be fine when it goes out. Edit, edit that bit out. T- take that bit out of the programme. I don't, I don't really need that in there, actually. I'll live without it. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh, Bell says, "You see me through my uh, my night shifts. Somebody's got to uh, somebody's got to go through the uh, the, the night shifts." Uh, Sally says, "Is Phil Vickery joining you at the turning on of the lights?" And um, no, I don't, he's got a million and one things to do. It's coming up to Christmas. He's got to start getting stuff and everything. Uh, Andy says, "Don't knock Cheryl. She went to my school in Newcastle. When I went, it was the second bottom school in the UK for education results. I should know. I came bottom in maths." Well, I can't imagine she'd know anything about that at all. She's just been very lucky. Very, very lucky, I think, actually. Well, the, the, the joke was, wasn't there, I've said it before, that um, Simon Cowell used to invite her to business meetings with his friends so people could appreciate just how dim she really was. Uh, Noreen says, uh, hope you're well. Greetings from Oop North. Not saying where we are, but there's a pleasure beach, a tower ballroom and kiss me quick hats. Hope everybody has a whale of a time later on. This whale is something we haven't invited, I think. Uh, Mike is listening to this programme in the Netherlands, in a place called Venlo. 
Off to see what's supposed to be one of the best Christmas displays in the country at the local garden centre website. I like that, actually. I like that. And uh, I work in the music industry, says Ben, who's really Benjamin, but Ben sounds a bit, you know, like, cool, right on kind of stuff. He says, it's a shame how everybody uses auto-tune now. It's very rare that singers don't use it. They even use it minimal amounts to get the pitch right so it doesn't sound so obvious after post-production. It's going on, I mean, it goes on everywhere. Seriously, I mean, I don't, um, you know, I, I can name half a dozen groups who've had loads of singles in the charts. They think they can sing. They can't. They're auto-tuned. But it doesn't matter. If you remember, there was that famous um, Louis um, comment on The X Factor where Louis Walsh said, listen, it doesn't matter whether you can sing or not. It doesn't matter because, uh, you know, we, 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 can, we can deal with that. All you've got to do is learn how to do the moves and everything else. I mean, you've only got to watch poor old... Peter Andre and his uh, ex-wife. Hilarious. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping it's not serious, but I'm a sneaking feeling it might be. That's what's even more worrying about it, isn't it? That you sort of think, even with, with sort of auto-tune, it sounds uh, as near perfect as you can get because the machine is electronic and it pitches you to the nearest pitch. But um, uh, Louis Walsh wanted auto-tune for Jedward. Where, whatever happened to Jedward? After Louis Walsh dropped them, they disappeared completely, didn't they? They were the most irritating because the show was plunged into crisis when fans realised producers had tampered with wannabes' voices to make them sound better. Oh, they've done it on all of them. One of the groups on there, Calabro, Calabro, were enhanced. You can hear it. You could, I know what people sound like singing because I've been in musical theatre for God knows how many years, but when Calabro appeared on there, it was all super-duper enhanced, everything, because it's a television programme. I mean, you know, everybody, every pop star in the world uses auto-tuning, says, uh, says Louis. I wish I'd done it last year with Jedwood. It might have helped. I might have won the show. It's the same as having a good makeup artist. Absolutely. And asked if fellow judge Cheryl Cole, who was rumoured to have mimed during her live performance on the show last year, used it. He said, I don't actually know if Cheryl sings live or not. You'd have to ask her. For that read, we don't think she can. Listen, if somebody passes the buck, and especially in Louis Walsh's case, he passes the buck on, he'll go, so does Cheryl sing live? Or you'll have to ask her. Well, well, don't you know? Yeah, I couldn't possibly comment. Although he has actually said every pop star in the world uses auto-tune, so let's assume she can't sing. But that's, that's why it's, it's, a bit of a, it's, it's a bit of an embarrassment, isn't it, really? A bit of an embarrassment. Front page of the, uh, the Mail today, the Mail on Sunday... Uh, Heath Accuser is a satanic sex fantasist. The police were warned by their own expert that ritual child abuse by the XPM is fantasy, but they pressed on with a £700,000 probe. I mean, do you think they seriously, there's some, you know, there's some police officers out there who really don't get it at all. And so what they did, they tarnished Heath's uh, reputation a decade after he died, 10 years after he died, And uh, one of Heath's accusers, a woman, has made astonishing claims that he was linked to a network of paedophiles who held satanic orgies and stabbed children in churches. What? Have these people not been locked up or at least put back on medicine or something? I mean, it's just sick, isn't it, really? Uh, Tango, Ed, the night away. Darcy's called for an axe. Well, she knows. Shocking revelations from inside football pedo Lair as club finally launched an inquiry. This is crew Alexandra. I mean, I don't know what in God's name they thought they were doing. They knew, they knew what he was doing. They knew, and they did nothing about it. They knew about it because it had come to light. And uh, and then they said, oh, there wasn't sufficient evidence. So as opposed to getting rid of him, just in case there was evidence out there, they kept him on and he carried on, you know, and it just got worse and worse and worse. Terrible, really. Absolutely terrible. Uh, just to let you know, says Debbie, I went to the Goring Hotel 
for afternoon tea. We had a lovely time, a great service. Cakes were superb, as they had them in the shape of snowmen and Christmas trees. Well worth the £42.50, and we overlooked the garden with a Christmas tree all lit up. Thank you, Debbie. Yes, I like, uh, I like the Goring. It's a family hotel. That, that was the place we went to for the first time, and they knew who I was. How, I mean, seriously, how that, we hadn't said a word. We literally just walked up the steps to the Goring Hotel, which is very near Victoria Station, very, very near. And, um, and the lady on the desk said, Good afternoon, Mr Allen. I how do they know? They'd obviously either Googled or done something. It was really most remarkable. But we love it. I've been there, <coughs> excuse me, quite a few times. Listen, afternoon tea is not cheap in London hotels, but uh, for some people it's a, a regular thing. For me, it's every so often as a, as a bit of a treat. And, uh, and a very nice treat it is too. A very nice treat. Uh, another one here, very quickly. He says, can you imagine Katie Price, Cheryl and Victoria Beckham as the new banana armour? May in Stratford-upon-Avon says, I would leave the country quick. No, you wouldn't. Somebody says, you must have been to Worthing. Your description was spot on, as I call it, God's waiting room. I'm 53, going on 83, as that's how it feels. It feels here, especially wintertime, just enjoying a cuppa. I know. The trouble is, I mean, you, it, as I say, if you go out in Worthing, Hastings is the same, all of these sort of places. And, um, and it is like a lot of elderly people who are staring out to sea. Don't get me wrong, I like staring out to sea. Anna says, haven't you heard of timers and temperature controls? Oh, God, no. I'm in Twickenham. We don't worry about silly things like, oh, what, to economise? Oh, no, certainly not. No, I don't worry. I'd rather be boiled alive in the, in the shower. You just put on a bit more cold water into it, then it takes it to the right temperature. Well, no, I don't do anything like that. <laughs> I don't think I do, anyway. And uh, is where you're turning the lights on far from Twickenham Station, says Sue? No, no. Very close. You just literally walk down the hill, and as you get to the bottom, you come out the station and you go left, and you go down, you go past Waitrose, and then you go past um, coffee shops. And then at the very end, you'll, you'll see where it is. That's where all, all the people will be. And uh, so it's, it's five, five minutes, ten minutes maximum, depending on how, how fast you walk. Uh, you're not old at 42, says Dean. I'm not old and I'm 59. So I'm just having a look at where we are. So Station Road. Station, there we go, London Road. Is that London Road? I don't know where I am. Uh, it's at the very bottom. I'm looking for... We're on Google Earth again. Oh, that's right. You go past Blue Smokehouse. Then you go past the Halifax. And uh, then literally opposite Rush and Carphone Warehouse is where I am. Look at that. It's so exciting. Look, you can see Twiggerham. Look at that. Take it in the summer. Good Lord. Two people lounging about. It's very nice, isn't it? Very pretty. Looks very rural. We have a river. On that road straight off to the left, the river's down there. That's where, where the river is. And that's uh, the bank. And the tree will be there. There we go. That's uh, so onto the right-hand side, going down to the river. So we're just we're just doing this. It's, I'm doing it literally. See, see where that red phone box is? I'll be doing it practically next to that because the tree is just past the benches on the right-hand side. So I'll be doing it there. That, that's where the the tree is. Get at it just before you hit boots. I think that's so. You know, Google Earth is so clever. I've seen the car doing, you know, up and down. Having a good look. In fact, you can probably find my house on there and my car, because the last time I'm sure we did it, we actually... F a six-minute walk from the station. There you go, six-minute walk. There you go. Unless you're very old and on crutches or something like that, in which case it's about a day and a half or a camel trek or something. Yeah, the last time I actually checked Google Earth, my car was in the car park, which gave an indication of um, of sort of what, what year it was done. I can base it on, on what the car was I was driving. I'm going... We're going... You see where... 
Oh, I can't tell you on air. But you see, no, going up, 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 up. No, 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 sorry. Down, 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 down. Up, up a little bit with the arrow. Uh, up, up a little bit. Up a little bit to that road. No, down a little bit. Down a little bit. And you're going left. Going left up that road there. No, 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 not that one. Come back up again. Come back up again. There you go. Up there. Yes. I'm, I'm there. Oh, they're back. No, I'm back. I'm back, back, back. There you go. I'm there. There on the... Just move, move your arrow a little bit to the left. That's where I am. Okay, that that place there. No, it's a little... Uh, that's it, there. There, I'm above that. Above that. It's so clever, isn't it? It's so clever. This must have been done recently, actually. It must have been done... Re- I wonder when it was, this was done. Do we know the year? June of this year. Wow. Do they update it then every so often? Ah, right. See, I learn something new every day. Learn something new every day. Yep, there you go. That's us. That's my doctor next door. <laughs> Sorry to waste your time on a Sunday morning. Uh, we'll go back to the uh, the papers in a moment, apparently. Uh, it says, uh, as it's Advent Sunday. Is it? Is it, it's not ad, is it Advent Sunday? I never know what, 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 when Advent Sunday is, but uh, I have to... Um, have to bow to your better judgment on things like that. I don't know these sort of things. Sunday, it is Advent Sunday, Sunday, November 27th. It's the first Sunday of Advent in the United Kingdom. So there you go. We know everything. We know everything now. And um, first Sunday of Advent in the United Kingdom and in the United States as well. Oh, lovely. So there you go. Happy Advent Sunday to everybody. And it's the Sunday closest to St Andrew's Day. Cool. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Tomorrow morning, Nick Ferrari at breakfast will be joined by Martin Hewitt, Assistant Commissioner from the Met Police, to talk about their Be Safe campaign. Be Safe is a crime prevention campaign, which is about making people aware of small steps we can all take to prevent crimes. You can find out with Nick Ferrari at breakfast tomorrow morning from 7 here on LBC. A couple of things. Firstly, James O'Brien said to me the other day, he said... I've mentioned you. No, he, he didn't say that. He said, I might have mentioned you in my article in the Radio Times. And I said, oh, right. Thinking, oh, dear, why have I been mentioned in his article in the Radio Times? I'm not even sure if it's online yet. But then my friend Johnny Perry also said James O'Brien's a fan of Steve Allen's. And apparently they ask him, I think, on who is who his favourite presenter is or who is one of his favourite presenters. And for some reason, he's put my name down. I mean, I've had to pay huge amounts of money for this. You can well imagine. It was it was good enough getting it from Eddie Mayer, but to get it from James O'Brien as well. I mean, blimey, all, all I need now is uh, is Ian Dale to add his weight to it, and I'm there. Is it is it online already? No, it's not online. Perhaps it's coming up or something. I wasn't sure if he was, he was tempting me to sort of buy him some more uh, Turkish delight or something. But anyway. Oh, I must warn you as well, because I've only just discovered it myself. We were just having a check on getting you to Twickenham by train. They've got uh, works up on Twickenham and Richmond, so that is affected. So if you are coming by train, you'll have to either go to Barnes or to Teddington from Clapham Junction, and then there's a bus service. It's, it's going to be a bit of a nightmare if you don't live in the area. You know, if you're coming from outside, it's, it's going to be a bit of a pain. It's all right because you can't even get to Richmond and then get the bus from there because Richmond is it's typical. Typical, honestly. I'm glad I found that out. I'm glad the producer found it out, actually. Because uh, Philip says, he says, uh, your directions to find your place on Google Earth sounds like the directions they used to give on the Golden Shot. Up a bit. You can get to... Ah, right, yeah. If you go to Richmond by Tube, uh, which is on the central line... 
district. <laughs> Districts. Shows how often I use the tube. Um, then you can get the bus from outside. There's loads of buses that go to Twickenham. Loads of buses. I mean, seriously, literally right outside the station. So because uh, Richmond is served by overground and underground, you can get the underground to Richmond and then get a bus from there. But you won't be able to get the train to Twickenham. And there's no southwest trains going through either, so it'll just be on the the tube. But there's stuff going on from about 12 o'clock today, so, you know, if, if you can make it, if you can drive as well, you can drive. I think there is there is parking at various places. Just It's like everything, you've got to hunt away round for it, haven't you, really? Back of Marks and Spencers, there's a, a fairly big car park, so that's, uh, so that's OK. Uh, Steve, yesterday I watched a, a heartbreaking interview with Andy Woodward. Uh, and some of his crew Alexandra counterparts who'd all been attacked by by that animal Benel. The poor man, understandably, sobbed through the whole thing. Can the club be fined or charged? It sounds like... No, well, we don't know. They're, they're conducting their own investigation. That's all they've said. That's their official statement. Because this is... I don't know how old Andy Woodward is. How old is he? Is he, is he in his 30s? Is he, is he in his 40s? We're just trying to find out, actually. He's in his 40s. So what we're looking at here, if he's if he's actually in his forties, we're looking at something. And he did he did feature with Ian Dale on his program. Um, he's he's forty three. This happened when he was eleven. You're looking at more than thirty years ago, thirty years ago. And bearing in mind, Benel has already been to prison three times. Three times. The club uh, first of all didn't say anything, and yet they knew because one of their directors told one of the the papers. And said that, you know, we'd heard rumours before, but there, was, there wasn't enough evidence to do anything. So they just let him carry on. They just let him carry on. It was just absolutely scandalous that, you know, little boys were being sent there by their parents. And were going back to Benel's house and everything. I mean, one of them, it went on for four years. Four years. I mean, it's not like sort of, you know, just a couple of times and then got wise to it. It was years. Front pages of the papers. England ace. Uh, John Stones had an intense affair behind his childhood sweetheart's back. The love rat player betrayed his girlfriend of 10 years by sleeping with a girl called Jessica, who's obviously decided to sell her story for reasons best known to herself. I don't know why. Perhaps it's her moment of fame. Perhaps it's your moment in the spotlight, dear. But uh, quite clearly set out to uh, destroy. And uh, she's got places where they dated and all sorts of things. And... Um, she says she's obviously not very happy about it and she feels slighted. And so nothing worse is there than somebody scorned. Sunday Express, Farage, I fear for my life. Now you can ask Nigel Farage about this today because he's here at 10 o'clock this morning. He's live and you can watch it online on lbc.co.uk. The people today, Ola, I stole James from Rival. Go away, you boring old baggage. Serial killer, shocking confession in secret letter. You can't believe a word that Stephen Port says. You know, he claims he was a model and he did this and that. He's just a deluded psychopath. Uh, Princess Beatrice, a bit sort of, a bit stupid, uh, cutting Ed Sheeran's face with a sword. And uh, and for some reason, and we can't quite work it out, why the uh, the Sun official photographer, who's called Arthur Edwards, would think that it was just a bit of a laugh, a bit of a laugh to be scarred. He'd, he'd better dine out on that one, goes Arthur. Not quite with you on that one, I'm afraid. Sunday Mirror. Uh, my hell in home of coach. And this is a new victim. Uh, Anti Hughes tells how the pervert attacked him at his home. And uh, they say that there are more who will come out this week. I did I did laugh at the other story about uh, Ed Balls 
uh, and everybody's saying, now, you know, Darcy's called for his, his axing. I mean, it's just ridiculous. You've got some silly old woman who's white pretending to be a rapper on The X Factor, which is the biggest insult I've ever seen on the television. And then Ed Ball's pretending he can dance. The man is a lumbering buffoon. That's on the dance floor as well as in politics. Uh, My Perfect Sunday by Megan McKenna. I mean, I don't know how they managed to fill a whole column with this. It'd be an awful lot easier just to write, I sobered up. You know, that would be it, darling, wouldn't it, really? There's no other other way that we're going to be remotely interested. The Observer today, Fidel Castro. Grief and some celebration. Havana mourns after Brother Raoul's late-night announcement. As I say, I thought he died years and years ago, and they just sort of kept it going. Uh, The Sunday Telegraph, day of joy for the exiles who fled Castro. They were delighted to hear about his death. Prince Harry gave a a minute's silence for him. What on earth she was thinking, I can't... What he was thinking, I can't imagine. And, um, what else? Make Farage appear, says UKIP favourite. You can ask him about that as well this morning. He's open to to most things. He uh, He doesn't shy away from any questions, as you will discover. Uh, At home with Theresa May. Theresa wearing a very funny little outfit. I know some of her outfits are very odd. Scourge of the West, Fidel Castro, front of the Sunday Times. World divided, well, except for Prince Harry, who sort of did a minute's silence for him. God knows what's going on in his mind. Uh, Bosses told to bring back Christmas. Don't worry about offending faiths with festive parties, cards or the Lord's Prayer. I never worry about things like that at Christmas. Why would you worry about things like that at Christmas? You just go out there. You do what you want to do. If somebody's offended by it, that's their problem. That is... I've never met anybody who's been offended by Christmas unless there's something the matter with them. Um, Padita says, you get my vote for favourite radio presenter. You're my guilty pleasure. God, I've never been anybody's guilty pleasure, believe you me. Uh, We went to the Japanese Christmas fair, says Joanna at Tobacco Dock yesterday. Lovely shopping. And so many young people dressed up in bizarre costumes. Sounds delightful, actually. (laughs) Sounds absolutely delightful. I like things like that. So if you're coming along to Twickenham, I should look forward to seeing you. Uh, a little bit later on. But just remember, no no trains at Twickenham or Richmond. You can get the underground to Richmond and then directly outside the station, you can get a bus to Twickenham. There's so many that go there, so many that go through. So it's not uh, not that difficult. From 12 o'clock today, they've got some reindeer up on the green and camels. We've never had camels before. And they'll be shopping and a lot of the shops will be open. I know Paul Cooper's is open. I know that Sandy's is open. I know that Stuart's doing something. They've set up a little little sort of indoor shopping Mal thing, which is almost directly next to where I'm going to be, and he, he'll have all sorts of goodies. Uh, Sandy's is the fish shop, and uh, there'll be everything else. There'll be loads of people around there, and then we'll turn on the lights, and we hope that the national grid does not fail us. And at least, at least there is no rain. If you're not coming down to see me, and it would be lovely to see you, then I hope you come up to London today, or wherever you are in the country, and go and enjoy the lights. We've got so many lights in so many different places. Have a walk down Pall Mall. That's a nice walk if you've got the capacity. All the way to the end, Berry Brothers and Rudd. And their cellars go all the way underneath St James's Palace. Obviously, so Harry can get a few little bottles of booze in, I should imagine. And, um, and you can go and have a look at the lights in Regent Street and Oxford Street. Just remember the hard and fast rules. Don't get any pedicabs. Don't get in any of them. They're not licensed. Uh, they also don't have any insurance. OK, and you're likely to be ripped off. How much did we find out it was a minute? Was it something like the other week we found out exactly what it was? It was something ridiculous, like, I think, £5 per person per minute. So don't, they, they don't pay any tax. They're a blight on the capital, and we'll be glad to see the back of them. So we're hoping that Sadiq Khan, once he's got rid of the night czar, Amy Lame, uh, then perhaps we can get rid of the pedicabs. Kill two birds with one stone, as it were. It'd be quite nice. A night czar, honestly. Somebody patronising you to tell you exactly what you should be doing in London. You know what you should be doing in London at night. Listening to LBC. 
It's fairly straightforward. Don't forget, you can listen to uh, LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. If you go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk, you can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. It means that we send you, uh, five days a week from this programme, a free app. You got an especially long one on Friday, wasn't it? I think it was, it was fairly lengthy. 21 minutes, good heaven, and no extra for this, no extra, we don't charge you a penny piece. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Leading Britain's conversation at 10, it's Nigel Farage. Don't forget, you can watch his show live, in full, at lbc.co.uk. Have a great day, everybody. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning as well, but right now, with breakfast on LBC, it's Andrew Castle. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.